Welcome to the show. Um, this is a very exciting one, actually. I was looking forward to coming here only because I've heard so much hype about it. Uh, they just did an article about them uh, in Beer Paper LA. And I was like, I got to fucking check this place out. So I hit them up and here I am here at 14 Cannons uh, Brewing Company out here. Is it West Westlake? Is that what it is? Beautiful Westlake Village. Beautiful Westlake Village, uh, California is not on uh, on fire as much as it was a few weeks ago. Thank God. Uh, but we are here. It's a beautiful day. I'm here with my boy, Nick. Nick, introduce yourself to all the fine people out there. Thanks for having me, Javi. Uh, my name is Nick Bordelin. I'm the co-founder and head brewer here at 14 Cannons. We are turning three years old this month. Woo! So we're, we're very excited uh, to be getting some love from you. So, oh, dude, come on. I heard about you guys, uh, like I said, you know, through the Beer Paper LA article. Um, and the people have been buzzing about you guys. So uh, I always love to talk to new people I haven't met yet and to go to new breweries. And this is, I mean, it's a beautiful facility. Uh, but before we get into any of that shit, we got to have some beer. Man. Let's have some beer. So what are we drinking here? Uh, this is our patient Pilsner. So <sighs> in front of you, you have our lager flight. So we have four core lagers. Um, you saw our, you know, beautiful lagering tank, one of my favorite uh, it's... pieces of stainless in the brewery. <sighs> and Still recovering from all of that. These are the four year-round lagers that we're putting out. Um, so we're starting here with our Czech style lager, um, our patient Pilsner. Uh, the colors gorgeous branding and sexy story behind this one, if you will, is I studied abroad in school. I got to spend a year in the Czech Republic. Um, we were just talking. You and I are both uh, musicians, former musicians. Yeah. And so I was there actually, you know, doing the music thing and studying abroad and just having a great time. Um, doing more drinking than I was learning. and <laughs> You were doing both. Right, right. Little did I know that you know my love for Czech beers would turn into a brewing career. Right. Um, so my homage to that is, uh, is this Czech-style Pilsner here. Mm-hmm. And so this is a year-round. We just uh, put it out in six packs. So we're finally packaging and canning this beer, and I'm really excited to, to share it with you. What are the, what's the malt on this guy? Is it Czech, is it Czech Pils? It, it is. It's all floor malted, bohemian malt. Um, and then it's a, the hops are Cosbeck hops, Cosbeck. Okay. Um, which is a fun Czech hop that gives it that nice lemon note. Oh, my gosh. I figure everyone in the world's done saws. So how do I make a Czech Pilsner uh, different yeah. or, you know, or stand out or what's unique about it? Because everyone's had Pilsner Quell and old saws hops. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I started playing around with different Czech hops and really, really loved the Cosbeck. And so that's... Here you go, some Czech malt and Cosbeck hops. Cheers. Cheers, man. Oh, it's magic. I can have this all day long. It's a beautiful thing. I think one of the most beautiful things is that you have four lagers that are core. It warms my heart. Um, part of it also is like how clear this is. Tell us about your facility a little bit. You walk me through it. Um, your centrifuge is... Blew my fucking mind. Tell us about like, because I know part of it is you're owned by a construction company. Yeah. Um, and decided to turn this into kind of a showroom. So go into so, that a little bit. Yeah, this this beast, this animal that is 14 cannons, um, was born out of a showroom concept for the Marshall Group. Uh, the Marshall Group is a general construction company, 
and they build breweries. They've built many of the breweries we all know in L.A., um, Santa Monica Brew Works. They just did the, the Dankness Dojo um, in downtown L.A. I think they did Imperial Western, too. Imperial Western, uh, Arts District as well. Um, you know, to name a few. Um, so a lot of the, the breweries have done the, the big Noble expansion they did. Um, oh, they did Noble too? Yeah. yeah that place is up. Yeah. That, the back that 30 barrel beast they put so in there. huge in there. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, and you know, a lot of other exciting projects along the way. They finished locally here, the Tarantula Hill brewery that opened up last year. Yeah. Um, and so just over the years of this construction company for 36 years of building restaurants and then breweries. Um, so they had a really good relationship with a lot of equipment vendors. Um, for example, we were at Premier Stainless here, as does most breweries in California. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> they're, you know, at Escondido. Yeah, And so yeah. they were bugging Marshall, like, hey, you've installed, like, 20 or 30 of our brew houses. Can we give you, like, a little three-barrel thing to put in your office? So when you're talking to potential clients, it'd they be cool it. if they see, like, oh, here's a Premier system. Yeah. Um, and then I got involved with the project, and I was like, yeah, that's nice, but it needs to be a little bigger. Uh, <laughs> I'm so, just saying. Yeah, so if we're gonna if we're gonna turn out some liquid here, uh, it needs to be on a bigger system. Hell yeah! Um, so it just snowballed from there. So you know, every single piece of equipment in here uh, is a vendor that we have a really good relationship with. Mm-hmm. So if you listening wanted to build a brewery anywhere in California, um, you could come in in any size. We could scale it uh, to what you want and. From the German tile on the floor to the glycultural on the roof, mm-hmm. um, we can give you a turnkey package. And so for me, as the brewer here, that just means I get all the best toys to play with. Yeah. 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 And the shiniest, by the way. This is the cleanest brew house I've ever seen in my entire life. We try to keep it really clean. It is insanely clean. Like it was, it, When I got here, I was like, my jaw hit the floor because it was so incredibly clean. Because <laughs> I know people out there that are in brewing, you guys know, it's, it's cleaning, cleaning, cleaning more cleaning and stop more cleaning it's constant and you know still there's always like something you missed so it's like oh i missed that little spot but not here everything was fucking spotless well that, that, that's also a shout out to to my my team here so yeah andros is my right hand man and, mm-hmm. and he he helps keep it clean and you know mitch our seller guy helps keep it clean and it, it's kind of a culture that we've built here that we really pride ourselves on the showroom aspect mm-hmm. um, you never know who's going to walk through the door right um and so if a potential you know big client walks through the door we don't want it to look in disarray we want to represent the marshall group the best we can uh because they've given us a world-class facility in this you know little industrial complex in westlake village yeah it's sort of amazing it kind of reminds me of uh sort of like how if you go to disneyland and you go to pirates of the caribbean um it's such a it's seemingly such a huge ride but it's just a small space that they kind of worked with and it's the same thing here as you're walking me through the the uh, array of tunnels you have over here, I swear. And I'll see, it's, it's very amazing how you're able to sort of use all of that space to your advantage and cram so much in there. Thank you, yeah. Oh, beautiful. You got, Here's some, you got some pizza. Some pizza from Rock and Roll. Thank you, Tell us a little bit about that. You also have, I mean, through this pandemic, you've been able to do this. How did that work out? We, a year ago, decided that uh, being in Westlake Village, we wanted to add a wine factor, a wine component uh, to the brewery. And to do that, uh, we had to, you know, of course, offer food with our production liquor license. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a manufacturing license. Um, and so we can't sell wine unless we have a full-blown bona fide kitchen. Right. Um, so I was telling you, I was, you know, uh, 
a, a little sad to see my ski ball go. <laughs> I know. He was telling me that he had a beautiful ski ball machine and then had to make way for the kitchen and for the wine club. And it's just, yeah, yeah. It breaks, hard, it breaks the hard heart. life here in Westlake. Yeah. <laughs> you got to make it's, it's those it's those it's those big sacrifices, dude. Um, but we're we're thrilled with how it worked out. So we have uh, our own wine club now, Club 14, and we have a really great psalm that picks out super rare and hard to find bottles every month. And, yeah. and, you know, that works really well with our crowd here in Westlake. And the byproduct of that was we partnered with a, a local pizza company, Rock and Roll Pizza. Uh, they have several locations uh, throughout the Conejo Valley. And I, I think they make the best New York style pizza here. And oh, that's, such a, that's God, such a dangerous thing to say. You just we, alienated like 30, 40 percent of our audience. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I didn't know anything about pizza crust or dough or anything like that before they started working here. And it's been an education. Oh, yeah, um, there's so much to it. But they're, they're fantastic. And, you know, it's been a, a godsend during this pandemic, obviously, because uh, we are able to be open as a restaurant. And offer pizza and pizza to go and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you get pizza yeah. for yourself. I mean, come on. Yeah, it, I it, hard, work, working out has gotten a lot harder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on! No, you ha- it's, it's pre-workout. It's the pro- or not post-workout. It's the protein. Yeah, yeah, we're carbo-loading every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, um, you actually have an interesting story. You're telling me a little bit about yourself earlier. Um, we're both musicians. Um, you said that sort of was it. You had was music kind of your first love, and then they kind of br- somehow segued into doing how'd that work yeah i born and raised up in northern nevada um i got my music education degree uh from the university of nevada and moved down to southern california to teach band of all things um and you know that was really my first love was trumpet playing and music and yeah um had a friend who was teaching down there and he convinced me like come on man like the the music scene is really great in southern california you know the you know, me personally not being from California, like California schools were kind of an envy of uh, school systems throughout the country as, really? as I was studying to be a teacher uh, in college. And I was like, yeah, so I jumped at the chance, uh, moved down to Southern California, um, right outside of San Diego. And then because of that, I was like, wow, there's kind of a, a brew scene here in San Diego. And a <laughs> <laughs> little bit. And I was a home brewer all through college, and we talked nice. about me studying abroad and and really getting into beers in Europe and uh, Prague specifically. Mm-hmm. And so we just I found myself spending every waking free day uh, trying a new brewery in San Diego, and I was very fortunate that uh, a new brewery like right down the road from me was opening up, and walked in on their grand opening and was just blown away by the quality of the beers there for a brewery on its grand opening. And just got to talking, like, who are you? How, yeah. how, how can you be a startup um, and have just such quality beer? And long story short, turns out that that brewmaster, his name was Peter Weens, and currently he's the brewmaster for Guinness. Right. <laughs> so, so he came from Budweiser. His family let him open his own brewery, uh, Weens Brewing. They're still around and kicking yeah. and doing great things. Um, and so I had this... Budweiser brewmaster who's just, you know, offered me a job, entry level job, you know, wow, what a, what a cleaning look. lines, cleaning kegs in the cellar. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of had to make a hard career choice it was like, you know, my first love was music and is music. Uh, but you know, anyone that teaches can tell you that, you know, teaching is a separate beast. You know, you're not gigging and playing every day when you're a teacher, you know, no, you have yeah. tests and right. homework to deal with. Right. Parents. Parents were, <laughs> was a big turnoff. <laughs> 
the, the helicopter parents. Uh, yeah. And in today's day and age, I can't imagine having to deal oh, with some oh. of the stuff uh, that they deal with. So, I mean, teachers are heroes for sure. And it's a, one of the noblest professions. Um, but I was very, very happy to get my foot in the door in the brewing industry. Mm-hmm. And about 10 years later, here we are at 14 Cannons. And what a learning tree to kind of sit under, like that kind of a powerhouse brewer. Um, what were things that you learned when you first realized, like, oh, this is this ain't this ain't a five or ten gallon batch at home. Like, this is a real deal. Like, when when was it that moment that hit you? Like, oh shit, this is real. It. I was very lucky uh, that first brewery I worked for. They had a one barrel pilot system, and I was able to come in on the weekends and brew at the assistant brewer there on the one barrel pilot system and kind of like really just hone my home brewing chops. And I was. You know, it's almost unheard of, I think, right now for a brewery just to let the new kid, hey, brew whatever you want in this one barrel system. <laughs> yeah. And no. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know at the time how spoiled I was and just how lucky I was. Yeah, to, absolutely. To fall, uh, you know, ass first in the good fortune like that. Right. And it, eventually I made a beer good enough, I guess, that he said, we're going to put this on tap. And I went, oh, oh we're going to sell it to the public. <sighs> Okay, sweet. What style was it? Uh, it was a dry hopped lager. So, thank well you. Done. Yeah, thank well you. Well done. We, you are a true crispy boy. Yeah, <laughs> little did I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a hophead from San Diego, um, but yeah, just brewing with a Budweiser brewmaster. The lager kind of. That's know, so. We always cool had a lager, one lager on tap, so we right. had the yeast available and. Um, yeah, IPL, if you will. I think that's kind of an outdated term. I think <laughs> yeah, definitely. back then we were calling it an IPL. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then I was able to just move my way up into the cellar, eventually became the head brewer of that spot, um, and then bounced around to a couple other breweries. And as one does. As and one does in this industry, exactly. Right. Yeah. And you ended up at Figaro Mountain. Yeah, yeah. yeah tell uh, us about that. Fig was great. Um, you know, they're a JBF metal factory, if you yeah. haven't heard. Uh, <laughs> so I was very fortunate to be on that brew team uh, for the number of years I was. And that's actually what moved me to Westlake Village. I'd never heard of Westlake Village. I was pitched the idea that we're going to open a pub in L.A. I went, ah, sounds like a lot of traffic. <laughs> <laughs> so leaving little sleepy Buellton to come to L.A. And then it turns out Westlake is, you know, uh, on the outskirts of the valley, um, if you're not familiar, we're, we're right next to Thousand Oaks. Um, mm-hmm. And so I had the awesome opportunity to start that brew pub for them in, here in Westlake um, as the head brewer there. And that was a lot of fun, and I learned a lot. That was the first brew pub I ever worked in. So I'd already, always done the production thing, um, you know, mashing in three, four times a day up at the production facility um, to then pub life, which was... Hey, when all eight tanks are full, I guess you can go golf. <laughs> and and having the kitchen on site, that was a huge learning curve. Yeah, I was going to say, because going know. from just production to having to deal with kitchen. Customers. And, and cust- <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so many more. Yeah, customers are a different beast yes, that they most are. production brewers don't have to really deal with. Right, right. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a hell, that's a hell of a learning curve. What was something you learned from that? Like, Was it just like? Having people constantly kind of running no, around. The, the biggest takeaway, the re- really positive takeaway that I learned was adjust uh, the styles you make. And meaning make more, make right. all the styles. Um, at a, in a pub environment, I think the philosophy there, and it's something that I think they still do really well, is make sure that there's something for everyone to drink on tap. And so when you come in here now, we have 20 plus styles of beer on tap always. 
uh, or, t- or types of beer, not necessarily styles. Mm-hmm. Um, but because someone coming in to eat probably doesn't want that triple IPA that you and the brew team, you know, love scorching your taste buds on. Right. And there know. are a few of us out there. Right. There are, I won't, I won't lie, especially during like if, uh, you know, the February, that magical month that younger comes out, everyone comes out with their like Pliny sort of, uh, clones, right? Yeah, wreck your I, ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, if it's available, I'll have one for lunch. Why the hell yeah. not? Um, but that, that was a good takeaway was uh, make, make sure there's something for everyone. And that's really helped our tasting room thrive. Is, right. I think Westlake has come to know and appreciate that no matter what kind of beer you like, there will be something you can drink at 14 Cannons. Because mm-hmm. um, if, you know, if I had it my way, it would just be 10 different lagers and a couple <laughs> just hot bombs. Yeah. Um, but we also make fruited stuff and dessert beers and Belgians. And What about the seltzer, bro? Come I on. make beer. <laughs> All right. What's this next one we're drinking? Next one, we're drinking our Mexican lager. This is Catorce. Ah, uh, see. You knew. You knew. You knew. Javier Gonzalez, this guy's Mexican. He's going to love it. He's going to love it. So, <laughs> cheers. cheers, man. We're going to tap yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Socially distanced. Cheers. There you go. Well, hit the bottom. That, it is a cup. Oh, that's lovely. Thanks. Now, for, for Mexican lager, see, this is what interests me, because some uh, like to include the salt crap in there. Is, is that something you do, or is it just straight? No. I don't really taste I don't taste any of that. <laughs> No. I figure you're supposed to add it. Like, if you want the lemon and salt. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you want to put a lime in it, by all product. means, please buy a nice lime and enjoy yourself. It's, it's, uh, it's like buying hot Cheetos. You don't want the hot Cheetos with lemon. It's fucking <laughs> lame. You get the regular hot Cheetos, and then you put the lemon after. Yeah, this is just a true to style. That ad, we do use adjunct in here, so it's flaked maize, if you will. Ooh, uh, culture. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so a little bit of corn in the grain bill. Um, and then it's actually machueca hops or motueca or mm. however the, the New Zealanders I, yeah. say it. And I've heard a thousand pronunciations. Um, but that adds that little hint of lime from the hops. Um, so, you know, on the aroma in the back end, I do get a little hint of lime from, right, right. from playing with hops instead of messing it up with uh some sea salt see but that's the majority of the time in time and see oh it's a mexican lager up we're gonna put salt in it or like lemon in it lemon zest or something which yeah. is fine but i don't know if you're gonna give me a mexican lager like i don't if corona familiar nice beautiful brown bottle came with a lime version i no you give me my regular familiar don't don't add gimmicks to it so speaking of gimmicks what's your opinion I mean, milkshake IPAs are huge. How do you feel about those? Well, you mentioned earlier we have a centrifuge. Yeah. So, so you just can't do it. <laughs> it just it, will not allow you to. It just keeps turning them clear. Uh, <laughs> By uh, the way, it's, I mean, I mentioned earlier with the first beer, but, man, the clarity, it's you can't beat that. Thank you. I mean, we, I, I pr- kind of pride myself having the, the background I do, and, you know, I went to – brewing school years and years ago so it's kind of old school my my logic of um every product a brewer puts out and this is me on my soapbox i think should be shelf stable see i'll bring that up but there's a great segue it should be finished right it should be the way it's sort of like when you go to a restaurant and they give you like this the food this is the chef's vision and then this is what they want you to enjoy and it should be finished don't add fruit before you fucking can the thing and then explode and go, well, you got to just keep it cold. No. No. Finish your shit. Yeah. I actually had a distributor recently, not one that I work with, um, 
but asked me, if, can you make some of those exploding cans? <laughs> the people really love them. Like, people are searching them out. Yeah. Can yeah. you make that? I just went, oh, I think we're done talking. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, I have to go uh, I have to go shave my cat. But the Bye. fact that beer buyers are asking for that, like, really blew my mind. And I'm like, well, what else can this year throw at us? I think it's becoming a meme at this point. It, it has to be. It, it's been, yeah. Yeah. Um, the only reason, like, I... I trash milkshake IPAs all the time. It's one of my favorite hobbies to do. People love them, and I get that. I'm just, if I fucking wanted a milkshake, I'd buy a fucking milkshake. You know, don't put that, don't put, I don't want to, I don't know. When I look at a beer and it says, uh, you know, milkshake IPA pineapple smoothie or something, I don't, no. Is it an IPA, though? That, I, even though we don't. Make the hazy beers here. Uh, I have no problem with people loving them and enjoying them because whatever brings more people to craft. Yeah, I think absolutely, is a good thing. absolutely. Um, but I think it it just could have been branded better from the start. <laughs> if, if we could have just called it, you know, a dry hopped ale or something or smoothie, if you will. But we had to put the IPA. You yeah, know. so it's just because they added hops. I don't know. I don't. I, I never got it. I still don't. People enjoy it. Whatever. Yeah, like you said, if it brings people in and that's their style, hooray for you. I just, I don't, I love to trash them at my earliest convenience most of my time. <laughs> um, but for you, uh, since this whole thing started with the pandemic, people are now going to more liquor stores. You know, some are going to right. the, the local breweries. Is this a big, things like the exploding cans and is that a wake-up call for breweries now to be like, all right, you guys kind of have to be on your game now because we're in a different world now where tap rooms aren't really a thing right now. It's all going to be what you sell at the liquor stores. And whatever you send out, it's got to be top-notch or you're going to be left in the dust. I hope so. I think what's going to dictate who lasts and who doesn't last throughout all this, because unfortunately I think we've already seen some closures and, and something like that, is you know, I would like to pretend that I can just be a purist about it and say quality is going to last out. And I hope that, you know, people that if quality is put first, then you do have a, a fighting chance to make it through this in the industry. Um, and so that goes to, if you've never packaged before, if you've never planned a package before, because I know there's a lot of brewers that, you know, that was never in their, you know, their plan to, to package beers. Mm -hmm. um, and that's fine. But make sure you're doing it responsibly. And are you checking DO levels? And, you know, how does that mobile canning line get CIP'd? And, you know, ask, like, the basic questions and make sure that you, you know what kind of chemical you're rinsing through what. Yeah, because yeah, sometimes, you know, some brewers kind of like, well, 15 minutes, give it on a little longer. I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then we were talking about here, like, we, I'm fortunate enough, again, because this is a showroom, to mm -hmm. have a pretty extensive lab program here and uh, we use the brew pal uh, technology from invisible sentinel so it's just a pcr based lab mm -hmm. and so every single beer that gets put in package gets tested for a myriad of beer spoilers to make sure that we don't have any issues once it's in package and to any big brewery like they have teams of people doing this it's a no-brainer um, but to the smaller brewers uh, packaging for the first time it's like yeah, I think we need to get a lab program going on. Yeah, just because you don't want to send out anything unstable. Yeah, and, you know, use. there's plenty of companies you can mail your samples off to and get it tested before you package, hopefully. Um, but it's tough times because maybe you don't have the turnaround time. Maybe that mobile canner showing up and 
they have crazy case minimums and you got to pump out four different beers in one day with them. And I, you know, I can't imagine, but we're seeing that happen almost every day now. You know, we're seeing all these breweries that have never packaged before going, Hey, we are releasing six cans today. It's like, Oh man, they had a rough minimum. (laughs) And it's, it's what's what I'm starting to see now is, um, some breweries are taking their mobile cans, like they're making them mobile, kind of doing their own makeshift, like canning programs. I mean, anything to get cans out there, because that's that's what the name of the game is now, that's getting sells, in liquor yeah. stores. Um, for you personally, because, I mean, like you said earlier, we're drinking these four um, different lagers you have on tap all the time. Is there, like, when you kind of come up with beer styles that you want to brew, is there, like, and I, don't, I wouldn't go as far as saying a quota, but do you have, like, like you said earlier, you want to make styles for everybody. So do you have, like, got to have this many IPAs on tap and a dark beer and a Saison? Or, a, like, do you have, like, kind of, like, how do you come up with your recipes and stuff? That's a good question. It's, it's a team effort, uh, for sure. We're always sitting down as a team and asking, what styles don't we have on tap right now? What do we want to see more of? And then back when we were open, we could, you know, we would look at sales data and see what moves and then go from there. Uh, I think we have... 10 or 12 IPAs on tap right now, right? So we, we have the four core lagers in front of us, but we got to have more IPAs, obviously, because mm. we're in Southern California, and that's what sells, and that's great. IPA is king, and, baby. Uh, you know, and our flagship IPA, Tyrannicide, is king, and that's our number one seller. <laughs> See, um, some, it's, it's a West Coast, I'm assuming. It, it's very West Coast. Yeah. Can't wait to try it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we, we do talk about that a lot, of what, what holes do we want to see filled uh, style-wise, and we, we're a 10-barrel system. We have two 10-barrel tanks. The rest of our sellers all 20s. Um, so we'll do just a one-off in the 10-barrel tank. And, you know, again, in better days, we were releasing a new beer a week. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the shtick behind coming to our tap room and trying one of the 28-plus beers on tap and finding what you like. Has there been one style, uh, like, for instance, we have, uh, I work with Pacific Plate. And one of our beers we have is the Tom Yum beer. Uh, it has ginger, lemongrass, cardamom, I think. Uh, but it's kind of a weird beer, and I'm I'm not like a huge fan of it, but people fucking love it. Is there like a is there, has there been a beer for you that you try that you made that you're like I don't oh, know man. like I don't know, but that people but people fell in love with you, it. You had to ask this question. So oh yeah, I, I get teased daily here. Oh really? Uh, daily. Oh see. So, here it is. Happy little accident. Yeah, you were you were doing some kind of research on <laughs> on Untapped, I think. I don't even have Untapped. I, it's, good. Apparently, it's yeah. unheard of. I don't know. I don't. Well, I don't do Untapped. It means you're a good brewer. Um, <laughs> we won't go there today. That's gonna be part two of the podcast yeah. when I come back. Um, um, so we make a beer affectionately called Peanut Butter Cup because of all things, it tastes like a peanut butter cup. That's hot. Um, our grand opening was three years ago uh, in October and the backstory here and the marketing and the branding, because this is now a year round beer, uh, is that, uh, my girlfriend does Such disdain to it's a year round yeah. beer. <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend makes me a peanut butter cheesecake every year for my birthday. That's the sweetest thing. And it is oh. my favorite thing. I look forward to it all year. <laughs> oh, I do have a sweet tooth. Yeah. And yeah, man, When I was at the Washington, D.C. CBC, uh, I think that was three or four years now, um, I got hit up by one of the vendors there, and he was coming out with Cholaca. I think a lot of us know what Cholaca is now, brewers listening. Um, For those that don't know, it's liquid cacao. 
So it's basically a liquid version of Coco Nibs. And this guy was a huge character, crazy personality, very enthusiastic about his liquid chocolate product. Uh, <laughs> and was giving me samples, was mailing me samples, because I said, I'm a brewery in planning and I'm not open yet. And, you know, I just kept getting these samples of cholaca, of liquid cacao in the mail. I was like, I got to figure out how to, I mean, I was like putting it in my coffee and it was delicious. Um, I was like, I'll figure out a beer for this. So my gimmick was, um, I think it's okay to say this. I, I just copied naughty sauce. Yeah, yeah, that's that, fair, that, fair. everyone's done in it case, now. In case you yeah. regret it, I'll, I'll, I'll censor it later. Thank we'll, you. Yeah, we'll, you, we'll you put can like edit the South it out. Park bleep in there. Yeah, just like boop. Uh-huh. Okay, so naughty sauce. Yeah, yeah. So sauce. the golden stout, and instead of doing the coffee thing that uh, the noble guys did so well, yeah. I put this cholaca, this liquid chocolate, and peanut butter in it, and. <laughs> I thought this will be so much fun to make this golden stout. Yeah. And because and I did want to have, if you will, like a gimmick beer right. on tap for opening. Like we opened with only like six or eight beers. And I thought it'd be fun to end the flight with a dessert ale, we call yeah. it. And that sold out promptly in about 10 days. Amazing. Because, you and, know, it starts with that one person like, have you tried this beer? Yeah, it's peanut, peanut butter. butter yeah. And then it gets passed around. And then, can, and, can I get try that beer? Yeah. And... I never planned on making it again. Again, it was just it was a gimmick for our grand opening. Let's have this beer that tastes like a peanut butter cup. Like it'll be a fun way to end the night. And I, I literally had twenty phone calls a day when it was uh, done. At, done. Yeah, when it was tapped out. And I finally had one like very sweet old lady. She called and she said, uh, "Do you have that peanut butter beer on tap still?" And I said, oh, "I'm sorry, ma'am, that beer's gone." And she said, when is it coming back? And I said, unfortunately, I don't think it is. And then she screamed at me, then you're bad at business. And click hung up the phone. What? I was like, well, this is you, a first. I was like, you know, my first time trying to own and run a business. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I just got yelled at by the sweet old lady in Westlake. She said, well, we got to brew that beer. <laughs> and so I begrudgingly told my assistant, Andros, I said, I, I think we got to make this again. Did he laugh? He kind of just, well, you're the boss. Like, come on, oh, man. We're not on. making we're not making this lactose golden milk stout thing. <laughs> Where's your sense of adventure? This is awesome. So And that's how it goes. And and ever since then it is a, a year-round beer in the tap room only. Um we don't distribute it, we don't package it. It's you see everyone oh yeah. If you want to try this delicious, delicious peanut butter beer. You gotta come down here and try you it. You gotta drive to Westlake. Yeah. So what are you uh, joking on now? This is our Marooner Marzen or Mirzen. Uh This is a year-round Marzen. That's um, gorgeous. That's this was beautiful. when I was fortunate enough many years ago to actually go to Oktoberfest in Munich. And it was the first time in my life I had a true Mirzen. I did not know what liquid gold had hit my lips. It was the most delicious and sweetest thing I'd ever drank. Mm. And I said, someday I'm going <laughs> to make you. a Mars in year round. By I'm going to be, be be the one guy doing it. <laughs> and it is one of our tops, top three sellers year round. So. I do. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Oktoberfest, as I got older, has become like, has taken the mantle of top five like the number one holiday because it's it's it's, i've only i've only i haven't never been to germany at all i wish i had been in i've only been to the big bear oktoberfest you know oh sure (laughs) that's our big trip to to big bear and get a cabin and just get gloriously drunk off dark loggers and just 
watched this German band play Lady Gaga on stage. Um, you know, Papa, but, man. Yeah, and it's fucking fantastic. It's fucking fantastic. Tell us about that trip. I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> are the are the steins as big as that? You know, you've they're, seen they're, on, they're uh, one liter steins. Fuck. Uh, my the first day I went, I had budgeted again. Poor college student yeah. said for the weekend I had I had a hundred euros. And the Steins were $10 a liter. And after one day, I was out of money. So I assume I had 10 liters of beer that day. Great Man. fun. Nice people. Wish you could remember. Wish you could remember. <laughs> that was, I think, the first time I went to Big Bear for the, for the Oktoberfest. i never been to any kind of Oktoberfest a day in my life. And, you know, it's, it's Big Bear, so it, it's a small Oktoberfest. So it's all kind of macro beer versions of didn't matter to me, man. I hammered those down. And I didn't realize, like, you know, after a few liters of those things, like, you can get a nice buzz. And I don't, I don't, I don't remember leaving the Oktoberfest. Apparently, I made a case to go buy more beer at the liquor store. <laughs> I don't remember going we in can't there. Stop. Yeah, just like they're like, come on, let's go home. Let's let's get you home. I'm like, no, I want a case of beer. All right, Javi, you're gonna have to go get it. I'm like, I sure will. And apparently, I like stormed in there and got my beer. Came back, got to the cabin, passed out. Probably for the better. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. I think I woke up like at two in the morning when everyone's going to bed and I grabbed a beer like, all right, I'm waking up now. Keep the party going. <laughs> Oktoberfest, man. They're, they're yeah. amazing. Um, now for you, have you, how have you guys or what's been your secret to sort of survive? Besides the pizza, how have you kind of survived all this so far? We have added two year-round beers into packages. Um, so before, just year-round, we were just doing our Tyrannicide, our core IPA, and what we just drank, the Catorce Mexican Lager. Um, and because of the new landscape of beer, uh, we needed more cans. So we added our double IPA, uh, which is Point Doom, to the mix, and that, that's been received really, really well. And then we also added that Pilsner that we started with um, to six Good packs. Choice. Yeah. So I got to add another lager, and I got to add another IPA mm-hmm. uh, to the year-round list. And then, you know, we're quarterly or more often than that doing a bunch of fun can releases because mm-hmm. you got always got to have something new of course but we found with our key accounts it was getting more skews into those key accounts really helped uh with sales and kept production alive mm-hmm. that, that's all it is i mean it's just distribution and i mean i mean you're getting articles written about you on beer paper la that's gonna help a lot right well hopefully yeah <laughs> i mean we, we are self-distributed so it's nice to see um you know accounts calling and asking for beer mm-hmm. when we're self-distributed do you have a whole like is there someone in charge of that who, who does who does your sales for you uh me <laughs> you do, oh you do it no no we, we have we have two sales reps they're both great um so it's it's just every day it's where we going today boys uh, yeah so we got if you ever want beer in Ventura County, we got Jake, and he's going to take great care of you. Yeah. And uh, because of the current landscape of beer, we added an L.A. sales rep recently, uh, Tyson, and he's killing it for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were not in the L.A. market, like in the downtown L.A. market in Pasadena and um, and further south before this because it was too far to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we have a dedicated sales rep to L.A. So hopefully uh, Hopped L.A., listeners start seeing our beer uh, more local now well, we, I, I hope i hope they do because every beer i've had so far is amazing and we're not finished yet folks we have so much so i'm gonna do this one. now for those listeners because like, i know i'm still learning you know there's so so many styles that you have to learn about you know when you're in brewing um the marzen in particular uh, that we just had um what is it about it that's so 
fucking magical. It, for like, for me, it's having a base malt that's not a light base malt. Just that sweetness, that residual sweetness mm. is just lovely. Uh, all the nice melanoidins that we get from the longer boil and the darker malts. Um, it just It's a great, cloying, sweet mouthfeel. So that beer is just simply mostly Munich and a little bit of Vienna. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, there's no secrets. That's all it is. And Munich profile water. Brewing has that kind of same thing with, like, uh, with cooking where it's like it's a touch. It's a touch of Vienna. How much? It's just a touch. You'll figure it out. Right. Um, something that we talked about earlier. I mean, you're 100%, and I'm sorry to all my uh, listeners that are like casual beer fans. I'm about to geek out with him because you're so fucking knowledgeable, Nick. So I want to ask you, I talked about, a little bit about water profiles. Sure. Okay, so I mentioned earlier, uh, I just started working with RO water. How much of a difference is that for you since you have that amazing RO system in the back? When we start making new beer recipes, we talked about what styles we brew before that. The first thing we'll talk about with the new beer recipe is what's the water bill going to be? So what, what do we want to achieve um, with the water bill for this beer style? So historically, what is the style of water? Why is it so? Um, where was it brewed? What are the earth, salts, and minerals? Right, that are, bring up minerals yeah, and yeah in, in the groundwater there. How does that affect the mash pH? Um, how does that, if it's a hoppy beer... You know, adding all that that gypsum, how's that going to play with the hops in the kettle? How's this going to dry it out or give it a fuller or softer mouthfeel? And so, you know, beer is, what, 90-something percent water. So it's kind of the most important ingredient if you think about it in terms of volume. Absolutely. Um, And so being in L.A. County, as we are, I don't know if L.A. is historically known for having the nicest or cleanest water. We don't have the sexy branding of, you know, coming from Rocky Mountain spring water here in LA. <laughs> I think it's got probably more, but it's so on the bottle, more you know? fluoride in it and, than anything. Um, so just being able to start from zero to filter out all the impurities uh, is key. And then it really helps us like with the eclectic amount of beer styles we have here. Right. Um, I think that's why they've been received as more traditional. That's why the Marzen has won all the awards. It's won, I think, because we can actually, you know, true to style mimic a true Munich water profile as opposed to, hey, I went through a charcoal filter. <laughs> <laughs> and you had that voice nailed down perfectly, by the way. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> um, um, so it's, it's just, it's a great learning tool. Um, you know, it's not probably a great upsell for the average beer consumer. They probably don't want to hear me talk about the water profiles as much. Um, but for us on the production team and the brewing team, um, it is important. I mean, it it's, it's very important. Yeah. Like, right. And I, you know, bright's a perfect way to describe uh, the loggers here. And, and, 100%. and yeah, that it's... is, that is the key to it. Like I said, there's no secrets in brewing, you know, everything that we're doing here, someone else willingly told me and taught me. It's a very um, beautiful thing. It's, it's, it's one of the most symbiotic sort of industries in that. Yes, we're competitors on paper, but at the end of the day, you know, if, you know, now that I've gotten to know you a little bit, if I ever, you know, was designing a beer recipe, I could probably email you and say, hey, like, hey. I have kind of fucking around with this IPA. Just what straight call me. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, I'd probably call <laughs> you. And I'll be like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure you'd give me some sort of advice. Well, I'm really fortunate in that I have a great neighbor up here in Moore Park. I have Chris Ennegren. Oh, and shit. So Chris Ennegren programmed my brew house because <laughs> his background is, you know, electrical engineering. Right. Um, or automation, whatever he does. He's smarter than me. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that, that's, a you know, uh, talking about leaning on brewers as resources. Like, that's a great 
example. So when I have any kind of question, thank God we have the same exact brand of canning line. So oh, when perfect. something screws up in the canning line, it's just, Chris, what help. And he goes, yeah, I've seen that. On fire. I've seen it. Here's what you do. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be home at six. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm really fortunate to have uh, someone so knowledgeable so close. Right. Now, you mentioned earlier you won some awards for your beers. Uh, how, what was that first award? How did it feel? Was it like sort of vindication? Like, fuck yeah, like, this is it for me. Well, it's, it's nice that, you know, we were talking about how clean this place is in the beginning. And so it's nice that it's a good validation of your process. I don't think awards really help sell beer that well. Um, and, you know, oh, and, come on, you can put that gold medal right in the tap room. And, and then you're just going to get bought out by Bud, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's so my guy in a suit. Like, you know, this brewery is pretty nice. It'd be a shame if somebody bought it. <laughs> Slips a check. Yeah. If only. I'm still waiting to buy my Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> you waiting to get a Tesla? <laughs> I mean, well, God willing. <laughs> Which model? Well, you got to go for the Cybertruck so you can throw kegs in it, right? Dude. Yeah. Everyone shits on the design. Yeah, it's a kind of an ugly truck. But like, I feel like Sylvester Stallone in the '80s would totally drive that. It's enough for me. Yeah, yeah. Hey man, <laughs> it has a ramp. I can roll kegs up it. Oh dude, <laughs> it's funny now that it's you mentioned that. It's one of those things now. Now that I've kind of brewing is sort of my tra- my trajectory in life. Now I'm actually in the market of getting a new car, and now I seem like getting a car. But I'm like, you know, I have to start. I have to start tra- dealing with kegs again. Probably gonna get a truck. <laughs> and now, now it's become part of my process. Like, all right, I, how am I going to use this for work? Because eventually they're going to ask me to move cakes for festivals. Truck just makes more fucking sense. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, what are we drinking here? This is another this is one. Our last lager. This is K17. Ooh. K17 is a weird name, uh, but it's a Czech dark lager. So, again, with the, the Czech theme, the Prague theme. You guys are probably sick of hearing me talk about Prague. <laughs> no, no, no. We're looking about Prague. K seventeen was my apartment number in Prague. So this is my ode to my time abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm probably that white girl meme right now. <laughs> I, st- I studied abroad a yeah. semester. Yeah, you, you have to have the wide black brimmed hat. Yeah, and then, it's then it Barcelona. <laughs> I'm having topas like, back then. Oh God! Uh, but this is—I mean, this is a beautiful beer. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, check dark lager. It's funny. One of our um, one of our investors at the brewery is uh, is Czech, and he never lets me rinse his beer glass. Is that mm-hmm. a, is that a real thing over there? Well, I mean, during COVID, it probably shouldn't be. I um, mean, I'm, I'm not saying it happened during COVID. <laughs> I'm just saying back in normal times, I, you know, pre-COVID. Well, the fun thing for me that I remember was just the amount of head that gets put on the beers, and, oh, yeah, and you have beer shot doing the slow pour thing now, but. Ordering Pilsner or Quells uh, over there and when I was at the brewery mm-hmm. um, at Pilsner or Quell was you can order three different styles of, of head and it's a lot, a ton, or f- a whole gl- glass of head. The milk a pour. And so that was kind of eye-opening coming from college where, you know, you have all the bros saying, you know, fill it up, don't put any head on there, yeah. doing the whole wipe the nose, getting rid of the head. Um, yeah, keep it classy, frat boys. That's right. But it, it was really cool to see that, no, this is a big part of the beer, obviously, and, and a lot of flavor comes from it, and uh, so treat it uh, with respect, and, and that was fun to see. Yeah, he, he always, uh, whenever I poured him a beer, he'd always say, oh, don't worry about the foam, was, you know, like you said, here, yeah. 
hey man, a little too much foam there. It's like, no, it's it's an inch. It's fine. Yeah. No, no, no. Gotta give me more. All right. The, these tulips we're drinking out of are 17 and a half ounce tulips. Yeah, which are gorgeous, by the way. To make room for a full 16 ounce pour with a proper, you know, inch and a half, two inches ahead on top. Right. Um, but that's something I always noticed. I wasn't sure. He, he told me that that's, that's how everyone is over there. Yeah. Like, no, 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 don't rinse it. Just, just fill it up. Just yeah. fill it up. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Head yeah. out. Shit. Yeah. Just give it to me. The more from the better. Yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> um, now, do you have a stein from that, from when you lived abroad? Do you have several. It? Yeah. Several. Was, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which one's your favorite? I, well, we were talking about Oktoberfest earlier. I brought home a Spatenstein liter Spaten from Oktoberfest. So, uh, it takes a lot of beers to fill up the liter and <laughs> uh, I don't do that too often, but yeah. Now, what I'm curious about is your IPAs, because that's, as a hophead, that's, that's what I'm into. That's what, these are it, right? Well, we're almost there. Almost there. The, You're crafty. The colored beer in front of you, the, the pinkish-looking beer, mm -hmm. um, this is our, our one fruited wheat ale. So Ooh. we're into the ales. Mm -hmm. um, we make... Oh, wow, that is big on the nose. Year-round uh, fruited wheat beer, and it's called Changing Seas. Ooh, um, that's a name. C spelled S-E-A-S because we're nautical themed here. <laughs> yeah. And the changing aspect of it is that every time we brew this beer, we use a different fruit variety. Right. Um, so same base, you know, American wheat recipe mm -hmm. that we just ruin with fruit. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's a great seller in the tap room. And the one in front of us right now is Blackberry. Uh, this just actually came out not too long ago. Dude, um, it's so on the nose. It's so like... ton of fresh blackberries. How many pounds do you think? I, hundreds. Fuck, dude. Yeah. I had made this raspberry wit and, you know, a little five-gallon batch. And it's called for, I don't know, 20-something ounces of raspberry. It said, that ain't enough, dude. 36 ounces. Fuck it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> And it turned out good. I don't know. Yeah. But that's, this is like on the nose though. Like it's, it just burst out. Yeah. Th this is, this is a, a core beer now, but like I said, the core beer does change, um, with the seasons or as often as it runs out. Right. Um, we, it's a great way to experiment with different types of fruit, see what we like. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of fun. I, I hadn't had a blackberry, just straight beer before that wasn't a sour. Yeah. Um, and our local fruit guy in Oxnard. It's like, hey, man, I got a line of some blackberries. So here we are. Do you have sort of uh, a preference, like puree or like actual fruit? Like, what's your take on that? Well, we do the aseptic puree. Right. Um, just because I don't want the exploding cans. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. Then it's just such a bigger yeah. mess, right? Like, right. to deal with. Right. Yeah. Because there are those that argue, like, oh, you know, you should use real fruit. And I guess it's the purest, but I mean, puree is just as fucking good. And it's way easier to deal with. Yeah, easier to deal with, yeah. At the end of the day, this is, you know, it's kind of a taproom-only beer. Um, it is out in the market a, mm -hmm. a little bit, just on draft. Right. Um, but it's fun to, it's a good way to constantly have something new on the menu without having to reinvent the wheel and write a new recipe every week. Yeah. Uh, so it's the same, like I said, base recipe. It's American wheat ale, which means 50% two-row and 50% wheat, because mm -hmm. um, I'm scared to go any more wheat than that. <laughs> <laughs> How is it, I mean... When you're talking about like these newer beers, I mean, like you said, you can't reinvent the wheel. There's only so many pounds of hops you can add to a beer or you know fruit. Um, in the world now, in a world right where uh, people line up for hours for hype beers and people looking for exploding cans, 
has there been pressure on you to sort of like like you said you don't make hazies here i don't think or do you have no any? we okay. don't yeah. so you've never you don't do you ever feel that sense of like a pressure like maybe you know someone say hey you know maybe we should make a hazy for for us it just comes down to educating the consumer in the local market about uh what we offer and why and and how we do it mm -hmm. so being able to emphasize, you know, hey, you're probably not going to go to every brewery in L.A. and get a lager flight. So this is why this is unique. Um, so this is something that we can offer to the craft beer scene. There's like almost, what, 100 breweries here in L.A.? So how do we stand out? And that's something that we're always conscious of. Mm -hmm. uh, when we were building this brand, it was something that we talked about daily was, okay, yeah, like the brewery thing has been done. There's what, like 800 900 breweries in california right now yeah like growing so every day. so what do we have to say that's different and it's again we're not reinventing the wheel but it's let's just focus on you know quality consistency and some classic styles you know mm -hmm. with, with the loggers and uh and teach our local you know consumers and audience of why that's unique and that's worked really, really well for us. Um, it's funny. It's, it's unique because you know, no one, no one says audience. Everyone just says customers, and I get that. But I mean, in a, in, in essence, like when you, someone has a flight, I mean, the colors of the beer, the, there is a sort of aspect of it that's kind of a show. Like, it's just the same aspect as food. You know, when someone brings you, um, you know, the courses of the meal, and it's just like this sort of ever-growing like kind of painting. And it, and beer, it's the same thing. It's very much like the senses. You have the sight. You have the colors of the beer. You have the taste. You have the smell. And you notice we're drinking our tasters out of full tulip glasses. Right. W with the pour lines on it. Again, that's not original, uh, but it adds to the presentation of the beers. And something that we like to call the winification of beer. You know, winery's <laughs> been doing this forever. Yeah. You can go to a winery and get like a milliliter of wine in the biggest goblet ever. Yeah. And swirl around. You can put your whole face in the glass and smell it. And we, we want you to do the same thing with the beers here. You know, really get the complete sensory experience. Uh, instead of having the little tiny four ounce taster glasses with beer filled to the brim without the foam, without any head on them, yeah. where there's no aroma and you have no idea, you can you don't know the difference between the, the blonde and the IPA. Yeah. Um, so we didn't want that. You know, when you walk in here, it's kind of like the premium brand experience. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to treat the beer kind of in the same way. No, I mean, and it, it shows, it, it translates for sure. I actually got, um, I went to uh, Solving uh, last year. And I went to this winery, and they have like a flight just like this, but the, you know the pores are much smaller. And I, I was still kind of like, oh, learning a little bit about wine. I still am, but like I got yelled at because you know they brought me my they brought me my little taster and my little it's like it's just like this. Um, and they're they're telling me about the wine, the grapes, and that she's saying I'm just like just <laughs> shooting it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. And she's like, we're supposed to swirl it first, smell it. Da -da -da -da. Yeah, I was like, oh. Yeah. Sorry, I just, I work in beer. I see a sh little bit. I, I'm just going to. I want to drink it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to fuck around with it. I'm but thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's hot. You know how hot it is right now? Um, but, I mean, it's very much, it's, I always tell people that it's, it's, there is an aura of, like, snobbiness with craft beer that I feel like we've been trying to fight forever. And it's getting better. You know, more locals are coming and saying, you know, there isn't, like, you know, if you ask them, you know, a place like this. As a bartender is, hey, what do you think? Was she to drink? Like normally, we're like yeah, let's help you out because the whole name of the game is education. Yep. We don't want to like talk down to you like high fidelity and talk shit to you and then like, no, drive we, you away. We would never, yeah. We want you to try the beer and maybe get a different experience because maybe you're not used to this. I think that's important. Yeah, it definitely comes so. out that way. Like when I come here, like I mean, um, 
everyone I've met here has been super chill. Um, and like you said, you're, you're very knowledgeable. So it's the fact that you put so much thought into that is pretty, pretty goddamn impressive. This is the part where I blow smoke up your ass and everyone's like, oh, my God, Javi, stop kissing his ass. But it's true, though. I've been very impressed. He's not paying for the beers. <laughs> I you know I, I was kind of ha- I'm half expecting a bill just to be <laughs> hilarious. Like, oh, so here you go. I'll pay. I don't give a fuck. Um, now, what's this one here? This is a single hop IPA. Oh, yes, I love these. This is the next core ale we make. Um, this is hopped mm. with laurel. Mm. Fun, complimentary hop, usually. Right, right. I, I, and, I never hear it as like a standalone. And that's the great thing. This is called One Cannon. So <laughs> One Cannon is always has one hop in it. It's our single hop IPA. Right. And again, we brew a fresh batch of this about monthly. Um, and it's just a great way to either use experimental hops or hops that we've never had on their own, like Laurel. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's... Tell me what you think. Yeah. So clean. You know what? I've never tasted Laurel as a single hop before. And I think that's what's important about these single hop beers. Hundred um, percent. Like we, as a brewing staff, learn just as much about you know the hops from these beers as our customers do. Right. And that's really fun yeah. to share. And I, I love these kind of beers. Um, some breweries do it. Uh, have done it, but I wish it was more because it's definitely a great training tool. If you're trying to yep. learn the characteristics of the, uh, of these different hops, like I would have never thought, like floral for a sing for a single hop, I'd right. floral. So I get like this crazy lemon pepper, right? From yeah, this it's like a little that, bit of spice in there. Yeah, a little spice that's maybe not palatable on its own 100 percent of the time. And we took that and went, hey, if we added some citra to that, that might like complement yeah. the over the top tropicalness of citra and that ended up this hop ended up in our triple ipa that's primarily citra and it's a great compliment mm-hmm. and so with the citra hop this really it just really pulls out a ton of lemon peel um from this hop and we were able to you know craft that recipe and learn about it because we did the single hop beer yeah that's i mean it's something i've always harped about i love the idea of the single hop series because it's a great training tool you get to learn all the little nuances of the hops that you wouldn't normally get to from just like sniffing it or from like you know smelling it in the boil. Like, this right. is a totally different deal. So if you don't mind me just taking over here, fuck yeah, dude. Let's do try it. the next beer you have there. It's our second single hop on tap right now. Usually we only have one on tap, but I got this box of hops that I couldn't say no to. Now you're you're looking at the clarity right away. Yeah. This this has some strong polyphenol haze to it. Mm. And this hop is Waiiti, a New Zealand hop. And I had never got to play with Waiiti before. How'd you get it? Was I'd it just read about it? It's just one box came up on the spot market and, and went, just... yes. <laughs> so this is 44 pounds of Waiiti in a 10 barrel batch. <laughs> and same Whoa. exact, same recipe. So it's, it's always the same, same base here. recipe. Yeah. Um, oh, that'll be my next question. The, the, the only thing we adjust is the first uh, hop edition to try and match IBUs. Right. So we always try and match the IBUs consistently because we do have a lot of accounts that take this beer. So we want to be able to market that it's always 6.5% and always 35 IBUs. Um, that way it doesn't scare off anyone. Like if it's over 50, like, oh, God, I'll bitter this motherfucker. Yeah, oh, West Coast guys yeah, are trying to yeah, burn yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah it, it, that's the main thing. Like uh, it bums me out because I feel like the it's a good solid West Coast IPA. Yeah, it's a little bitter, but it's so good. I wish people weren't, weren't scared of it. Yeah, but give this a try and... So oh, super aroma. super fun to have back to back, same recipe, two different hops, wildly different. 
incredibly different. But you get like the peach ring, like just almost super like a, stone fruity. Yeah, yeah. Let's say yeah. like very sweet stone fruity, like almost. Uh, Which again, you know, Southern Hemisphere hop from New Zealand. Peach ring is perfect. Though, it's going to have that. that. Yeah. So we were we were just blown away with the the difference of these because we brewed both these beers back to back. Also, let's talk about the lacing for a second. I wish you people can see. Just lacing is such a beautiful thing. That was the inline carbonation we were talking about earlier. Which, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's not me. It's the tech. <laughs> it's, but that's what's so, like, it's, it's, it's great to see what a brewery with amazing tech can do. This is, this is beer, and it's what it should be. This is, Thanks. I'm very impressed, good sir. What if this part out so I don't kiss your ass too much? No? <laughs> yeah, please edit this. <laughs> Tell me what I can do different. <laughs> now, when you're not drinking your amazing beer, what are you drinking? If at all, we touched on it earlier. Uh, Ennegrin for sure uh, always humbles my ability to brew lager. Yeah, um, and then whatever is local. Um, you know. So we're not going to find any white claws in your in your fridge. We're Come not. On. We're Come not. On. We, we we have a pretty extensive wet bar with uh, <laughs> with my Scotch collection. Ooh, which, you're a Scotch man, huh? Scotch man for sure, and I think that shows itself in the heavy handedness of hops in the ipas yeah, yeah. you know the, the more peat moss the better for me um i want to i want to chew on some band-aids when i'm drinking scotch so. that's the best i've ever heard right there i'm gonna steal that from you no please um okay so you say you have an amazing wet bar what what's your crowning achievement bottle that you have Ooh, i have an 18 year lefroig that my hot. girlfriend bought for me for my birthday keeper keeper Keep that was the half. first birthday we had been together the first one first so sheet this is fuck. six seven years ago now yeah 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 and, yeah and i've just been sipping on this bottle i i don't save a lot of bottles because just i think you know as a brewer like the liquid is meant to be drunk and enjoyed i don't want the beer to all go old um True. and that kind of hurts uh the pocketbook when I'm buying scotches. But yeah, yeah, I would say, especially with your taste <laughs> but, so far. But that, yeah. you asked, uh, my, my crowning bottle at home is that 18-year Laphroaig. I love it to death. And yeah. you still have, how much of it is left? I'd say a third of the bottle is left. Now, so do you... It's, it's when, we sell, when I need to celebrate, you know, just one finger, pour, <laughs> and, oh and that's God. a good night. You have it yeah. down to the rice, like just one finger, right above yeah. the first line. That's how I know. Yeah, that knuckle <laughs> hair there. If, yeah, as long as you get one knuckle hair in, in the scotch, it's right as rain. Are you a cigar fan? You know, I'm not. Oh, just what? Well, we talked about earlier, like, I was a trumpet player. Oh, yeah. So, like, my whole life growing up, I just, I couldn't inhale much uh, for fear of how am I going to make it in an L.A. recording studio one day as a trumpet player. And it if turns out the answer is I'll be a brewer instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where the real money is, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, okay, so actually, you know what? I'm kind of ashamed I didn't ask you more questions, like, for music. Uh, so what? tell me your favorite gig you've ever played. My favorite gig? My, the most unique gig I ever played there you go. was I was a toy soldier at Disneyland. Fuck off. When? I had years ago. What? Many, many years ago. Okay, so I, you I mean, would I'm, say 2011. Because we covered, we, we talked about it. We didn't cover it on the show. I mean, I'm sure okay. I said it at some point, but I used to work at Disneyland. Right, I, I caught the reference. Yeah, yeah. The Skipper. Yeah, so it's kind of like Disney what? connection. Yeah, we it, must be in LA. Yeah, it's 100. percent Like, oh, did you work at Disneyland? Well, I know someone that does. Boom. 
Yeah. Statistically, it makes sense. Yeah, the seven degrees of separation soldier. from Mickey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> from Das Mouse. So wait, you so you were you were a toy soldier? I was a toy huh? soldier at Disneyland. How yeah. was that? Um, wild. It, those are crazy costumes. I don't even know if I'm, I'm allowed to say this. Honestly, I mean, it's been so long. Don't, like, yeah, that I don't think they'll come after me. There's no reveal of Mickey Mouse's real identity. We'll I, right. I could never. No, yeah, no. no. no he a, gave me my staff badge. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. for, for tradition. First day. day of training. Mickey Mouse shows up and all right, you made it. Give you a little your yeah. ID. Yeah, and a pat and, on the ass. Yeah, no, no, and, no, no. yeah, a little <laughs> pat on the ass. Like, all right, buddy, go make me some money. <laughs> um, okay, this beer is fantastic. Now. What was your, and I hate to ask this question, so basic as hell, but I, I love to ask every single person that, you know, that I've recently met, like, what is your, what was your beer that made you think, fuck, yeah, this is, this is, this is the shit. Mine was Racer 5 at a bar bought to me, bought by, bought by this guy with a beard who was a total dick to me, but he bought me this Racer 5 IPA and thank God it was amazing. What was it for you? The first beer I ever homebrewed was just a clone of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Fuck yeah. Says every home brewer in America. No. But no, that, that just bought the clone kit for Sierra Nevada <laughs> um, because that's what I grew up watching my dad drink during baseball games was having that Sierra Nevada Pale. That's so cool. Um, and so that was like, that was pretty cool to start there. And then now seeing that company still be independent and do what they're amazing. doing on both coasts is, is incredible. Um, they're kind of the gold standard, I would say, mm-hmm. um, as far as what craft beer uh, wants to act like. Um, who, who is, do you have a hero brewer like that one guy you look up to? Oh uh, man, it's it's cheesy to say, but it's got to be it's got to be Peter Weens. Uh, we touched on yeah. Weens earlier. Um, he's the current brewmaster of Guinness. Um, so you know he, not necessarily craft, uh, but taught me everything I know and quality first. Um, so that's a big shout out to him. He went and worked for Stone for many years. Opened their Virginia plant, um, and then got the the tap on the shoulder to go to Baltimore to open Guinness USA. Yeah. Um, so that that's pretty cool that I have that connection because you know I'm a nobody with a ten barrel system in Westlake. <laughs> um, and so to just say like, yeah, I can text the brewmaster at Guinness um, is pretty cool. Has he? Have you ever, as a joke, asked him how to pour a proper Guinness? I think I'm going to tonight. Yeah, you have to just to fuck with them. Like, hey man, could you yeah. just give me a quick tutorial? Go fuck yeah. yourself. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I'll hit that Scotch bar first, and then I'll wake him up on the East Coast. Um, now, in terms of like you know, a lot of brewers who collapse. Have you have you done many collabs? How do you feel? About I swear them? to God, we did not talk about this beforehand, but I just did a collab, our first ever big collab with a local guy's institution. Oh so, yeah, Institution okay. Works out of Camarillo. Um, they Your were here. First one. Our first collab in three years. How? Why? What? Uh, Usually brewers are like. Well, again, like we're in the middle of nowhere. You had to probably get lost to find us. And, no, no, you know, we're I small found guys. It okay. Relatively simple. I'm glad Google's helped out. Um, oh, dude. With I mean, to be fair, I know how to read a Thomas Guide map. Fair. I okay. I grew up with a very Mexican father who was like who had a Thomas Guide from the '80s. So, um, I, I grew up a handyman's son. So on weekends. Uh, I would go with him and go, all right, mijo, I need you to search this address. It's blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. And I'd look at the Thomas guide and find it. So awesome. like, if I didn't have Google, I would, I would have used it. I probably would have gotten lost though, to be fair. Okay. So, but, <laughs> but insti- it, was not, it was pretty simple. Yeah. Institution, um, just was here last Friday mm-hmm. and we brewed our collab together mm-hmm. and it's going to be 14 Cannon's third anniversary 
in a couple weeks. And so we're going to release, it's an IPA institution. They're like the IPA guys, yeah. all West Coast. Um, that's pretty much all they make, and they're all fantastic. Beautiful. Beautiful. And they're, they're the big boys in town here. Mm-hmm. And so we just came up with a, a cryo-hopped monster. Fucking cryo-hops, baby. We're yeah. about to get there with the next beer here with our the tyrannicide. Oh, that's um, hot. And so what we actually did, and this is a great segue, Javi, uh, to try our tyrannicide. Yeah. We took our flagship IPA, which is tyrannicide. It's 100% cryo-hopped beer, um, our year-round West Coast IPA. The tyrannicide's a crazy word to say and spell, right? Yeah, I'll say. And it was a 14-cannon gunship. And there you go. Beautiful. So Beautiful. there's the name. Um, family history, you know, great, 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 great uncle of our owner was the captain of the tyrannicide. Yeah. And it's amazing. Turns out it had 14 cannons on it. So there's our branding in a nutshell. Right. And 100% cryo hot beer. So we took this beer and we mashed it up with uh, Institution's flagship IPA, which is White Walls, mm-hmm. which is uh, a wheat-based citra IPA. Ooh, wheat-based. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's been one of my favorite beers since I first tried Institution probably five, six years ago. Um, and I went, wow, like that was back when citra was kind of novel. Um, <laughs> back in the day yeah and i was like wow like this what is, what is this, this? Citrus stuff. super soft mouthful from the wheat so we did um sean and i the the owner there did a great mashup of our two flagships and that'll be coming out in cans in a couple weeks yes. so enjoy tranicide our cryo hopped flagship cheers oh that's so deliciously west coast i can't even right now i can't even gotta take a moment <sighs> Um, yeah right level of bitterness mouth feels perfect clarity is fantastic god damn dude you're killing me you're killing me now for those listeners that maybe don't know what cryo hops are explain what that is to the best of my knowledge (laughs) (laughs) you know so hops are a plant yeah Um, there's a compound in this cousin of marijuana Mm -hmm. uh, called lupulin Lulu-ly. Yeah, the Lulu, and <laughs> they cryogenically freeze the the plant matter, the the hop cones, and remove just the lupulin powder. Uh, years ago, when we were under construction and they were coming out with this cryo thing, it was only available in a powder, right? And that's what Tranicide started as. Um, it was a new product on the market, and I went, "Well, we're a new brewery in the market, so our flagship West Coast IPA should probably have this new hop." Uh, technology if you will and so they cryogenically freeze the plant matter remove all this delicious lupulin compound from it and pelletize that now or turn it into a powder pelletize the powder um, so you're getting a hundred percent of the flavor and aroma of hops without any of the vegetable matter right and this. that's what can burn you with some beers that are too hopped you can get that green pepper mm-hmm. kind of, or, you know, just straight grass. And it's a bitch to clean vegetable hops. Yeah, Fuck yeah. that, dude. Yeah. Well, the amount of anything we use here is a bitch to clean, but yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I, I always like, yeah. Uh, whole hops is, looks really cool on Instagram, but. Yeah. It's a sexy fucking, post. It's yeah, a but terrible brew day. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, dude. You just look at the assistants like, sorry, guys. Um, have fun. <laughs> yeah. So this is the one beer year round we make with cryo hops. That's amazing. And, you know, the the aroma speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, it's it's candy. 
what's one beer or it's a style like are you are you jaded yet does beer still excite you oh for sure yeah god so refreshing because yeah. you know you deal with people that not that they're bitter but you know well, if it with everything excite going you, what on are you doing yeah like, it's uh, how it's, many times have we mentioned already like how much cleaning is involved in this and you know it's a labor of love for sure still you gotta love it and we keep it. joking about the money and how there is none right <laughs> No, no, so. no, no, no. We got to keep it. We got to keep it for the cool. Hey, we're, 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 we have a cool job and we make a shitload of money. You know, <laughs> don't 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 let them know that. <laughs> but no, it's true. It's it's one of those things like you. It's to make it in the beer industry. It, it is. A, it's a passion. I tell people all the time on our brewery tours here that, you know, I'm a glorified janitor. A hundred percent. That's all brewing is like 80 yeah. percent cleaning. Yeah. The difference is I have steel toe boots. <laughs> Because sometimes kegs fall on them. Yes, they do. Or, you know, you stub your toe on chemical. Fucking shit. <laughs> God damn it. I actually have my brewing yeah. boots on right now. I use them for work, yeah, too. Same, so. yeah. Because it's just, you can't beat it. Um, now, uh, we have another beer, I think, right? One last beer. One, one last, last core beer. beer. I don't know if we've talked through. I think we normally have eight core beers that are available. All right, so this is the last one here. And this is our double IPA. So Which, we'll by the way, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I know you're a busy man. You probably want to go home and drink some scotch, you know. And so, so thank you so much hey, for, like, hanging out with me today. I, I begrudgingly had to just drink through nine beers with you. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. What a job. I, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's the worst. It's the worst. I always tell people, beer industry, don't get in it. It's, it's the worst industry ever. Everyone hates each other, and it's just just Stay away. The Unless you want terrible. to come work for me for no money, then, <laughs> then, then we'll talk. All right, so what do we got here? This is Point Doom, double IPA. Um, so we just, the Tranus that we just had, super floral, tropical, right? Um, all the buzzword, cryo hops, Simcoe mosaic. This is the opposite. This is a dank pine tar. Dank. This is dank. This is, I got into the San Diego beer scene 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is very have Diego. not changed. So <laughs> this is our double IPA. That's our, our dank <sighs> counterpart to our very tropical flagship IPA. Cheers. So, cheers. <laughs> mm. Oh my god. Yeah, that's very San Diego like I should be in a tap room filled with very bitter people. <laughs> or just at El Segundo having a wall. great time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love El Segundo. Yeah. That place is uh that well that's kind of like you know, I always joke about it on the podcast, but it's kind of like uh, I'm the biggest fanboy of that fucking place. I've, I've been there. I go there all the time. Right. What what L.A. Brewer isn't? Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. I guess not. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, their West Coast IPAs are amazing. Yeah. I mean, they're, I they're always... They're kind of the industry mark. For, yeah. Yeah. But, like, I mean, whenever I think of February and, you know, they think of the Planet of the Younger, I always think of uh, the Power Plant. Yeah. Because it's fucking one of my favorites. Yep. Do you have a... Do you come up with a triple IPA every yeah. year? It's and, called Recchio Ship. Yo. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, we actually got some great love from Gary on it this year. Huh. And so look for it next February-ish, whenever that I'm big adding, beer from I'm Santa already, Rosa drops. I'm already adding your spot here to, to come down and try it because that's yeah. like my biggest thing. Now. I love trying triple IPAs from other people. What was the fastest selling can we've had to date? Um, so <laughs> that, was, that was nice to see. Okay. So here's my question, though. You know, you're, you're obviously a, a man of distinction and you make some classic delicious beers and oh, do it well we're sitting in a parking lot right now by the way i don't need to know that <laughs> they're on our they're not on video they don't know we do hear a car in the background yeah. but and someone backing up god damn it screwing it up no um okay but uh when are we going to get the 14 cannons 
seltzer. I mean, come on, you know. I <laughs> it's it's something I always love telling. Like I know that when when I talk to like really well educated, like good brewers, I always love kind of teasing them. Like, come on, when are you gonna make the next uh, hazy triple IPA? Sell it for twenty six bucks a four pack and uh, make some seltzer. You know. If I can get a twenty six bucks a four pack, <laughs> I might have that cyber truck. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Though? Like, is that something you're conscious of? Like the price of beer nowadays? Because if you go to a liquor store, we are we're self distributed, so we're incredibly conscious yeah. of price points in the market. Yeah, I mean that's something you have to think about. Because, I mean, that's something I kind of bring up. You know, if you're if you're kind of semi knowledgeable on beer and you go to a Whole Foods, and there's a wall of different beers from different places, you don't know anything, right? And there's like a four. Let's let's say you happen to go to one that has a hype brewery that has a four pack like Highland Park or Monkish for like 20 what how much are their beers these days for four pack like 24 25 bucks at, at least yeah but you're on a budget you know just had a kid or you're on a you know your college kid on a budget you gonna go for the four pack or you're gonna go for the mm, nice 12 pack of uh, Miller High Life for 12 bucks I mean come on right so we our price point is low um, with our core beers and the logic there is uh, go for the volume game. Yeah. Um, even though we're a small 10-barrel brewery, um, we do try and compete with a lower price point. And the account you just mentioned uh, does a great job with all four of our core SKUs and selling through it at affordable mm -hmm. prices. And so yeah. we've seen the same case of, you know, a different brewery that is selling a case for 120 bucks just sit there because the four-packs are too expensive uh, while we are delivering four cases a week of, you know, one skew. Yeah. Um, so there's something to be said for that, and I'm not a marketing genius. You know, oh, yeah, I, 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 I make beer. <laughs> um, but I, I think the price point game is the current, like, uh, most interesting aspect of the L.A. landscape because it, it's all over. It's, oh, man. It's one of those things where pricing is so important, marketing is so important. How important is the graphic design for you guys? It's huge for us. And again, I'm very, very lucky, very spoiled that I have an in-house graphic designer. Um, we used Longo Designs. And Longo Designs kills it for other brands as well. Um, but he was on the ground floor with us when, when this brewery was still an office building, um, coming in and, and helping us you know, out the gate with, uh, if you look at our packaging, our cans, our core cans, all have like the same format of the packaging. So when you are at one of those accounts you're familiar with, a Whole Foods or a Total Wine, or you know your favorite liquor store, local liquor store, um, that you know what 14 Cannons cans look like. And then we also, he does a great job uh, making some fun art for the one-offs and stuff like that. However, still keeping like a core uh, design like through point with the cans, yeah, yeah consistency. So um, you can hopefully recognize it on the shelf mm -hmm. and. To that point, though, right now we're seeing all these crazy artwork cans. Sure, cool. That are super cool, and you know, and I have can envy all the time when I'm shopping. Right. Um, but it's half the time I have no idea what that brewery is. Yeah. I never heard of them. It's just I see some crazy can on the shelf. You know, okay, like who made that though? Um, so it's I'm here somewhere. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fortunate to have a, a graphic designer to kind of, you know, slap my hand when I say, can we just have, like, some cartoons on there? And he says, yeah, no, yeah. no, can't. Yeah. Well, branding is important. Th there's a way to do that well, um, and he's done a great job, because we are so young and so new, um, establishing kind of a classic 
brand with uh, with our, our SKUs. Yeah, because that is, I mean, it's, I equate it to like kind of a unicorn beer thing, you know? Sometimes you get that one beer that you love very much, but it's happened to be that one off and then you never find it again. Right. Um, and sometimes like uh, kind of graphics have something to do with it because, you know, I've, there have been times where I've been like, I want to try a new beer. Oh, is that a is that a beer with Joe Exotic on it? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. Right. Sometimes, I mean, those that slight uh, IP, you know, IP uh, theft kind of kind of works out a little bit. How do you feel about that? I mean, breweries he, doing because there's it, so many that I'm like, how have you not gotten sued yet? If you can get away with it, power to you. Oh man, I don't know. It, it's it's a risk and not one that we're willing to take. Yeah, uh, no, I feel like. Yeah. It's fun, but yeah. it's 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 always kind of short sighted. Um, all right, so we're gonna finish off here because we have pizza we got to eat. You have to drink some beer um, before we finish off this show here. Um, what do you say to people now that uh, listening to this and like you know what I kind of want to try my hand at this and you know kind of jump in the industry? What do you say to those folk that are kind of casual drinkers and are thinking you know beer is kind of something I you know would love to explore? It's a great question. Uh, and I get asked it a lot. And I think my best advice for you, if you want to stop teaching high school like I did and get into <laughs> the industry, is homebrew first. Um, go figure out what it is to extract brew and then figure out what it is to graduate to all grain brewing. Buy how to brew. Yep. That's my Thank Bible. You. I don't Thank know you. about you. I, That's been my Bible day. since I started. Everyone's. The first, like, 30 pages are just crusty and fucking drenched in like some of my work that i've spilled on it trying to read something on you know oh shit why is my shit boiling over oh i should lower it okay so like it's it's that's my bible but but anyway but learn that you know cleaning's everything um i've seen so many people you know get into the game and get their foot in the door in the seller position and go you tell me i gotta polish a tank for eight hours a day so yeah, 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 yeah. You do, kind of. Uh, uh, you may have to sp- have to spray sani on this port like thirty for three minutes. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so if you can learn to love the process, then you're gonna do, you're gonna do fine. Right. And if you can show up to your local brewery with a bottle of beer that you made, um, I'm gonna hire you in a heartbeat. <laughs> Straight up, you're probably gonna be delivery driving for a couple months. Yeah. You're probably gonna yeah. be cleaning lines for a couple months. Um, and that, and that's the unfortunate part of the industry is just there, you know, we are operating on such low margins that I wish I could just bring everyone in and pay everyone six figures a year to have a great time and play with beer. Um, but learning all aspects of the industry is super important. So if you don't know how to properly clean lines, then you're not going to know what to do when you're troubleshooting a CIP. Right. And you're not going to know what to do when a transfer is going wrong. Um, so if you enjoy the process, homebrew, all grain, um, then your local brewery will hire you eventually as soon as they have an opening. Oh, yeah. Because I know when I – oh, my God. I remember there was one time, a little quick like brewing horror story. I remember it was like my second or third time that I was left alone to to do the night shift and brew, brew a second batch of beer. Night shift. And so I was doing my transfer. I had done everything right. But I see that on my site class, the beer is, like, stuttering. I'm like, that's weird. Check my connections. Oh, that's weird. I primed it. It's primed. And then check, you know, take it off, deprime it, or prime it again. I'm like, oh, that's not so, what the fuck? And then a second, I go, hey, wait a minute. Let me check the blow off on the, on the fermenter. There you go. And I go and look. I'm like, oh, it's off. That's fucking why. And so I go to open a little bit, and then, 
was like, oh, okay, okay. Bled it out, transfer went fine. And it's the little things like that. Like, don't panic. Because if I hadn't had that little background in homebrewing and like kind of figuring that out, and then, you know, sometimes you panic and then you don't think like, well, why is this happening? Ah, 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 ah. You just got to stop and look, okay, let's figure this out. Where are these valves going? Okay, cool. Where is the problem? Oh, there it is. Well, our job as brewers is problem solving. Yeah. So that's a great, you know, segue into just this problem solving. When people ask me what I do all day, like a lot of people go, oh, you just get to drink beer all day. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's always that yeah. like romantic. I get a, I get a like problem thing. solve yeah. all day. And then at five o'clock, yes, we absolutely get a beer. Right. And it is free and cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that romantic idea that everyone has of brewing. Like they imagine that, you know, you come here and you open the, you open the place up and there's the sun. The sun is beaming in on in the brew house and you just like put one leg on a stool or something and you pour a little taster from the fermenter and you just drink it and you go, yeah. Well, when the marketing team's here, yeah. <laughs> That's what it looks like. That's what everyone imagines. Yeah. Like every, every yeah. time I thought to myself, well, I'm a brewer, like, oh, man, your job must be so much fun. Just hang out and drink. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, we'll hang out and drink after like a 12-hour day. It's cleaning, cleaning problem solving. And scrubbing everything. And, and oh, plumbing. shit, why, yeah. why, did, why, did, why did this gravity fucking not hit our mark? Fuck, what did we miss? Like, oh, no, you know, we have this leak somewhere. Oh, God. It's always something going on. But the end result is why we do it. Yeah, it's the passion. Probably do it. So if you have that passion, then start homebrewing and then come apply. Boom. That's it. I could couldn't end it better myself. Nick, thank you so much Cheers for joining us this week. Let's eat some pizza. Oh yeah, let's eat some pizza. Let's have some more beer. Uh to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Um and come check out 14 Cannons. Every beer I've had has been fucking fire. I would scream it, but there are people here. I don't want to scare them off. Um, but again, Nick, thank you so much for joining us uh, this week. Try their beer. Uh, it's fantastic. And I'm about to have some bomb-ass pizza. So cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.